welcome to our podcast. Wow. <laughs> I can't even believe it. This is going to be so much fun. Hi, Hi friends. I'm Rosie. And I'm Rachel. And this is our podcast, The Same Difference. We're so happy that you joined us. And we're going to jump right in. Yay. Okay, Rosie. <laughs> so start us off. What do you want our listeners to know this week? Okay. This is a really exciting one for me. So I am slightly allergic to milk. And um, so, you know, I'm a big coffee lover. Um, but, you know, with me drinking coffee so much, it does upset my stomach on a regular basis. So with working at Starbucks, I don't feel afraid anymore to um, try different uh, types of like alternative milks because whenever I would go get coffee, like I want it to be a good experience, you know, before, mm-hmm. but now that like I can get, I can make a cup of coffee at work and it, you know, not cost anything and be like, oh, I can just make another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been more like adventurous adventurous in trying different milks and so I have learned that I really like soy milk and coconut milk. <laughs> health queen I know um I I've tried almond milk before and it wasn't my favorite but like it's been okay but um I really do like coconut milk and um we have a vanilla soy milk so that's Mm. really good too it adds a little bit of sweetness so yeah that's what I want everyone to know for this week yay that's cool yeah what do you want everyone to know I want everyone to know that I feel like I'm finally at this place in grad school where I don't really feel stressed about the school part anymore. That's exciting. Like, I think it's just because of where I'm at in my program is I'm just more worried about internship and like the experiences Mm -hmm. instead of the assignments because the assignments, first of all, we have less of them now that we're further in. And secondly, it's just like, I don't know. I just feel really settled about it. Like, yeah, like I'll it'll be fine. Yeah, like that's it doesn't really great. I know. It doesn't feel as stressful as it used to to me because the first and second semesters are super class heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the first one and you're just getting used to it and blah blah blah. And even though each semester is different, every professor is different. I don't know. I just feel like when it comes to assignments I'm like, yeah, like that'll get done. It's like finally out of my Right. How many years have I been in school? Since I was four years old. Yeah. All the way till now when I'm 23. Yeah. Like, finally, my brain has learned, Rachel, you're good at school, so it's fine. Like, you don't need to worry about it. You always get things done. It's really funny that you're just now realizing that because I know that you're good at school. I know, and I know that I'm good at school. Like, it's a gift. It really is. Like, God really just, I'm just. School is, like, easy for her. It is. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. It just is. It just comes pretty naturally to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just like, well, it'll get done. And I don't know. I just don't feel worried about it. Yeah, well, that's really great because, you know, in the beginning you were like, am I even going to be able to do this? I know. You know, like your first year. like. Wow, thank you for reminding me of that. I forgot. She was, like, really considering, like, should I even continue on with this because it's just so much. It's mm-hmm. too much. Like, mm-hmm. too hard. And now look at you. Now I'm a pro. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. That's really great. Well, <laughs> um, this week's episode is about Enneagram 4s. Ah, the crowd goes wild. Hello, that's me. 
That's Rosie. So <laughs> as you know, if you listened to our episode last week, it was all about the Enneagram 2, which is my Enneagram type. And this week, of course, we're doing the Enneagram 4, which is Rosie's type. So you're going to hear a lot from her all about her healthy and unhealthy tendencies, characteristics she has, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, side note, we are sitting outside again, so if you hear any strange background noises or birds chirping. Or that, Mowgli walking around. That is why. Yeah. This is our life. Welcome to it. Welcome. We aren't professionals. We just do this when we can find a time and a space and... Sometimes outside is just the easiest place to be. Yep, it's true. Alrighty, so today we are talking about my Enneagram type, and I'm very excited, but I'm also really nervous. Um, It's a lot of information to throw at someone in a short period of time, so it seems really overwhelming, and I don't feel very prepared, so I'm hoping that this flows well. Um, But I am a type four and the name for the type four is the individualist and like we did last time I'll just give you like a short um, overview of what this type is, how it's described on the Enneagram Institute website. So it says, we have named this type the individualist because fours maintain their identity by seeing themselves as fundamentally different from others. Fours feel that they are unlike other human beings and consequently that no one can understand them or love them adequately. They often see themselves as uniquely talented, possessing special one-of-a-kind gifts, but also uniquely disadvantaged or flawed. More than any other type, fours are acutely aware of and focused on their personal differences and deficiencies. Fours often report that they feel they are missing something in themselves. Although they may have difficulty identifying exactly what that something is, is it willpower, social ease, self-confidence, emotional tranquility, all of which they see in others seemingly in abundance. Given time and sufficient perspective, fours generally recognize that they are unsure about aspects of their self-image, their personality, or ego structure itself. They feel that they lack a clear and stable identity, particularly a social persona that they feel comfortable with. So that was a very quick explanation of um, what a four is. And it seems very like, you know, this is just the definition and that's it. Um, But when I first realized that I was a four, um, it was one of those moments where I had never felt more seen and that's really nice because that's something that fours really crave is to be seen and to be understood because they consistently feel misunderstood, they feel flawed, they feel like something is wrong with them and are constantly comparing themselves to other people internally. And so when I read like the definition of what a four is, I was like, oh, so I'm not crazy. So this is who I am and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and there's other people like me. And there's other people yeah. like me. So that was really um, comforting to know that the way that I operate is how I'm supposed to operate. Right. So that was a really cool um, experience when I first learned about being a four. So there's a lot of... Um, characteristics of a four that I really like that are characteristics of fours and um, Instagram is such a great 
resource for um, information about your Enneagram. And so I have this post up of like a list of what it's like to be a four. And I'm just going to read off a few of them. So um, the first one is, I never felt like I belonged, which was which is true in an aspect like anytime I'm in like a group setting or a social setting like growing up I always felt kind of like outcast but also included at the same time um which is kind of a complicated confusing thing to feel like but it it just always felt like I couldn't connect with the people around me as easily as I would want to um Another one is melancholy is comfortable for me, so it's annoying when people try to cheer me up. That is so true, and my mom could attest to that. Uh, Whenever I'm sad, like, I'll call her and just tell her what's going on, and, like, her immediate thing will be like, oh, don't be sad, like, it's gonna be okay, Um, this is what you can do to fix it, or whatever. And that's really annoying to me because whatever emotion I'm feeling, especially if it's sadness or melancholy, I want to feel it to its full extent before I move on and process whatever's happening or before I move on to resolve it. I want to sit in that emotion and really allow that emotion to to fill me up. And so that's why I try not to push out of whatever I'm feeling at that time. Right, but also we need to mention that you know, with the example with your mom, as we said on the last podcast, your mom is a two like mm-hmm. me and we're helpers. Mm-hmm. So whenever you come to one of us and you're feeling sad, which feels normal to you and comfortable, our immediate automatic response is going to be, okay, how can we solve this problem? How can we help her through this? Because we don't like seeing people hurt. Right. But I also think this is wisdom from just what Rachel has told me in the past is a lot of people can be uncomfortable with sadness Mm -hmm. and so they want to do all they can to fix it or just push you out of it or push it to the side and be like it's going to be okay like let's not worry about this Mm -hmm. and I'm not like that like I'm not uncomfortable with sadness at all and if someone is sad like I encourage that like I'll I'll remind Rachel like if she's sad like that's okay like be in that moment right with that sadness because it will pass right you know And so, I mean, just an example in our friendship of how you're able to sit in sadness when other people aren't is like when my grandma passed, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'll never forget that when we were at our apartment and you just sat with me like in this sadness that I had never experienced before Mm -hmm. and it was okay. Like it wasn't awkward. But also whenever I would start telling stories and it would be funny or something, you would laugh with me. Like, you wouldn't force me to stay in the sadness. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like whatever emotion I was feeling, you just went full on with it. Which, y'all, we all need friends like that. Get a friend (laughs) like Rosie. Um, I think that's why I loved the movie Inside Out so much. Sadness! And in particular why I love sadness so much and if you have followed me during my time like at Disney like you'll know um I was sad majority of the time at my time at Disney and I think we'll have an episode about that like definitely diving into what that experience was like but sadness was very comforting to me like going to visit her because she didn't expect anything from me um she just if (laughs) You don't have to put on a face. You don't have to put on a face. You don't have to try 
anything like you if you if I've, have ever visited Disney and you go and you meet the characters like the expectation is that you're excited to see these characters so you're gonna hug them you're gonna be smiling you're gonna be like what's up like stuff like that but when you go when you go see sadness she doesn't expect anything from you like she just wants you to be who you are in that moment and like even if you're not like that even if you're not sad, we all have a little bit of sadness in us. Right. And when Rachel went to go see her, Rachel wasn't sad. She was so happy to be at the happiest place on earth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But when she saw sadness, she started to cry because sadness allowed that space. Exactly. She creates like that comfortable space of it's okay. Like even if you're not sad right now, it's okay if you just need to cry for a second. Like, to just to get it out. It just, she just has this presence about her that just makes you feel comfortable. I don't know how else to say it, of just letting your guard down and just being. Yeah, and that's kind of what I hope to do as a four because I am so emotional or because fours are are so emotional in a general sense. I hope to create that comfortableness with whatever emotion you're feeling, but especially if it's sadness or melancholy. Right, and she does that very well. Thank you. Um, Another one is I'm very sensitive to criticism. It takes a while to get over it. And I think I agree with that. And I think that the reason that I have such a hard time with criticism is because I internally am so hard on myself all the time. So when someone like points points out something that I need to be doing better, it really like stings my self esteem. I don't show it, of course. I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, it, or maybe I do, I don't know. I could be really defensive. Um, But I try, I am consistently doing self-work and always reflecting and trying to be better. And I never think that I have reached the moment that I want to or um, like see myself the way that I want to see myself like I'm always giving myself a hard time or putting too much pressure on myself so when people notice things that I'm not doing well or I'm not the best at and they bring that up and they criticize me or just give me some you know um feedback that really hurts and it's a sting to my self-esteem yeah I mean I definitely can see that because you do put a lot of pressure on yourself I mean I feel like this is something we or I have to remind you a lot in all different types of situations, mm-hmm. like all different things. I'm like, you need to dial it back a few because it's one, not that big of a deal Two, no one is perfect. You know, like I feel like this has been something that I've had to remind you of like, just take a breath. Like it's fine. You don't have to figure it out right now. You don't have to be perfect right now. Like, yeah the pressure is not always on you yeah for sure if Rachel has taught me anything within our five years of friendship it's to have grace for myself Mm -hmm. to really um just dial back a little bit and give myself grace wherever I'm at yeah um another one on this list is it says I spend a lot of time trying to explain myself and that is so true and really funny and Rachel's shaking her head right now Mm um I spend a lot of time trying to explain myself because some things are just so complicated and so and complex and I really really want you to understand what I'm trying to say no but you really do try to explain yourself because 
things feel really complicated, like you were mentioning earlier in your overview, like what you feel inside can be really twisted together and complex yeah. and try to, to try to tease things out, but also because you don't like being misunderstood. So you right. try to do everything in your power to make sure yes. that someone can understand exactly. Yes. Like you want, you are very precise mm -hmm. and specific, particular, like. I want you to know exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it can take a long time for me to really get there. So like if someone were to ask me my favorite movie, I wouldn't just be able to tell them what my favorite movie is. I would explain why. And I right. would explain, like, what the movie is and what it means to me. Like, right. I want you to have the full picture of what I'm telling you. Right, which is why Rosie and I are good best friends together because we're both very, like, go-on-tangent, detailed people mm -hmm. because we like to have the full picture of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the next one is funny, too. It says, when people tell me what to do, I'm often tempted to do the opposite. And um, my friend Yelena will definitely agree with that. <laughs> Literally, she tells me to do something, and she knows right away, like, I'll do the opposite of whatever she told me to do. Um, I don't really see myself doing that very often um, as a characteristic, but it's definitely it definitely comes up sometimes. Um, this one will go along with the melancholy one. It says, I'm okay with sad songs and sad stories and sad movies. Overly happy people give me a headache. The last sentence kind of is, like, rude, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do like sad things, and Rachel and I were talking about this before we started this episode as to why I like sad things, and it's because I don't really like being in the middle. I like having extremes, so, um, because fours are very emotionally led, I feel like they want to be on either side of the spectrum, like in a very extreme sort of emotion. Um, like I would rather be depressed than indifferent, um, or numb. So sometimes sadness is just the easier one to get to. You know, like, it's just the easier extreme to get into. Um, it's just easy for me to put on a sad movie or read a sad book or listen to a sad song and, like, let myself fall into that. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was more prone to that in my younger years, definitely in high school. But that's a very emotional time in general. And then also in college, um, it's that's not really something that I do anymore. Um, I'm not, like, not afraid of being sad of course but it's just not something that I um, really crave to do it's something that I used to do a lot though in mm -hmm. high school another one on this list is it says I feel there is something essential lacking in me and I definitely have felt that growing up and I have learned especially with the Enneagram how to kind of escape that uh, mindset um I always felt like there was either like something out there for me that I needed to um, attain or that there was something wrong with me that I needed to fix or I wasn't be going to be good until I had somebody else or any of those sort of things. It was always like the grass is greener and I need to get this. I need to fix this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And through my journey of life, I, you know, I lived my dream and did the thing that I thought was going to fulfill me and um, provide that essential lacking and realize that there is no 
essential lacking that I need to fulfill Mm -hmm. or that something obtainable like a job at Disney could fix it. Right. And then also, I can go on about this one in a different way of what it says. It says, I'm self-conscious. It's hard for me to find my place in a room full of people. Now, I think that's combining two things. It's combining, like, how fours are prone to being envious and also prone to feeling like they don't belong, which we already talked about. Um, I can be very self-conscious, but it's a very secret self-conscious, like Rachel's secret pride. Um, because I, I think that people who know me would consider me a very confident person and I am a very confident person. I believe myself to be very confident, but I have a secret, um, level of envy in like always comparing myself to others. And I think the reason that it's had been a hard time for me to fully understand that is because, um, when I think comparing myself to others, I think like beauty or body or clothes or things like that but I've realized that that's not what I'm comparing myself to I'm comparing myself to like their quote-unquote successes for example Rachel being married having her own house having like the quote-unquote perfect life after school you know Mm -hmm. and me having none of those things me still not being married me still not even being close to being married um not having my what I would hope to have my life together, things like that. Not that Rachel has her life together, but that is what my mind tells me she does. Right, and something that I think is really important is Rosie being a four with the comparison and envy, it's like, of course, your mind attaches to those easy labels. But when you really look down, like, at the details, and if you were to really think about the things that I struggle with as your best friend like yeah I'm married yeah we have a house we have a dog like whatever and on the outside it looks good and not saying it's not good but you know also all the struggles and like my mental health struggles and you know the bad days and how I'm not like how like I'm struggling with figuring out what I'm gonna do next right and I think that that's the um the terrible thing about comparison is that although you may be comparing yourself to somebody else and the things that you are lacking, they can 100% flip the script and be like, but you have all the things that I am lacking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so it's just like never a good idea to compare yourself. And I, when I am at an unhealthy state as a four or mentally or emotionally, my comparison is off the walls. Mm-hmm. And I am aware of that because of the Enneagram. And so I can capture those thoughts and not let them take root. Right. And And I also, you mentioned earlier the quote about how you always think the grass is greener. You know, like when I get this thing or when I have this job or when I meet my husband or when I get to live in this city, like that's when it's going to be better and that's when I'm going to be so great. But the one, one quote that stood out to me when we were kind of preparing just for what we wanted to talk about um is the one about like the grass is green where you water it Mm -hmm. it was a reminder for a four yeah 
And that's true. And as we've talked about, like, in these past episodes, I've revealed that to you guys. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I have said how I'm really trying to just stay where my feet are planted Mm -hmm. and not look to the future like I have done my entire life. Not, like, look ahead and be like, oh, it will be better then. Mm -hmm. Even though I do think it will be, and I really hope that it is, because right now sucks. um, I'm also embracing where I'm at and really not, like, trying, and I've already said this, but I'm not trying to push myself out of where I'm at. Right. And I feel like that is growth. It is. And I know I'm kind of just, like, reading off this list, but I feel like it's really helpful in helping me kind of get everything out that I wanted to talk about. Another one that I um, really like on this list because it helps me to explain what it's like being a four is rejection feels particularly scary for me. If I reach out and don't get a response, it can feel like you don't like me. And because I am so afraid of rejection... I just go ahead and don't even try Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And that's not um, necessarily in the way that I think people would expect. Like, it's not like I'm not applying for jobs or whatever because I'm too afraid of rejection. Or I'm not going out to, like, like I used to, go to an audition because I'm afraid of rejection. It's not tied to those things. It's more relational and Mm -hmm. more with people. So I have just always assumed that people aren't going to like me. I've just always assumed that I'm really annoying and I'm too much and they're not going to want to, like, that they're not going to like me, so I'm just not even going to try. And I've seen that. I mean, I still, like, sometimes think that you think that. Like, when we're in social situations or stuff like that, I can see that, you know, and we've talked about how you're like, Rachel, you're just better at being with people than me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just don't think that's true. I think sometimes since you have that mindset of, oh, they're just not going to like me, you automatically are going to hold them at arm's length so that you can't be rejected. Right. It's a protective mechanism. Right, exactly. And, um, yeah, I do that because it would just it's just easier for me to be like, I'm okay by myself. I don't need to try. And right. it's like sometimes I get, like, frustrated with myself because I'm like, Rosie, you could be a really friendly person and, and you could, like, try to you know hang out with these people but I would just rather them do it first like I'm all for like let's hang out let's be friends but I would rather them do it first because I'm like I don't know if they're really gonna want to be my friend I don't know if they're even gonna like me Mm -hmm. so like it's really okay so there's this another um Instagram post that has like little notes of encouragement for each type and this one says dear little four learn to appreciate and love qualities in others instead of focusing on what you lack and that is so important for anybody not just even just fours but because we are all prone to comparison especially in social media age like be happy for the people around you for what they have instead of looking at yourself and thinking of what you lack Right. That is such an important mindset to, like, go into. It really is. Just be happy for other people's good things. It doesn't take away from your success. It's just, like, more of what we've been taught. Exactly. More than anything. I agree with you. Um, So... Another thing for fours, like I've said, is that they are very emotionally led. They are led by their emotions more than anything, by their heart. 
And something that I have had to learn is that emotions are very important and God gave us emotions for a reason, but emotions are not fact. Feelings are not facts. Right. Say it louder for the people sitting right here. (laughs) And so we can't rely on our emotions to tell us what we can and cannot do. Or even what we should or shouldn't do, I guess. Um, There's a time and place, and they are part of the equation. Feelings have a seat at the table. They always. They always should. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they're important. God gave them to us for a reason. Always, but just because I am feeling, I don't know, really lonely that day, or just because I'm feeling really ugly that day, or whatever adjective you want to put in there, does not mean that I am that thing. Right. And I'm gonna I say feel that, like I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> Whatever I am feeling that day, and if I feel really out of place or I feel not important or anything like that, it does not mean that that is true. Right. Yep. And that is what I've had to learn. That is what the Enneagram has been able to teach me. Yeah. No, that's that's really good because feelings have a place but they can't be everything and as much as I would want them to be because they're fleeting Mm -hmm. that's what we that's what we have to remember Mm -hmm. they have a place at the table but do you know how many feelings we have that are sitting at that table and how quickly it can change Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what's so important to keep in mind absolutely so like we did in um Rachel's episode, I do want to talk about unhealthy tendencies for fours as well, which we've already talked about a few of them, like comparison and um, letting your emotions rule all. But I did want to read an excerpt from the website that I 100% have filled the shoes of earlier this year after losing my job and my world turning upside down. It says, when dreams fail... They become self-inhibiting and angry at self, depressed and alienated from self and others, blocked and emotionally paralyzed, ashamed of self, fatigued, and unable to function. Mm. Tell us more about that. (laughs) Why don't you tell us more about that since you lived it with me? Well, I mean, I don't even know where to start. It just, really, when the world came crashing down... Of course you were going to start leaning into unhealthy tendencies. You know? How could you not? Like when everything circumstantially just started falling apart, of course your internal response is going to be like, all right, I'm going to shut down now. Mm -hmm. Like this is terrible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so just talking about the self-inhibiting part and the depressed and kind of the fatigue and, and angry, I mean... We talked about it while it was happening Mm -hmm. because your baseline emotion was irritable. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so easy to set you off. Mm -hmm. And so as we talked about last time, when we talked about that argument that we had, that that really big fight that we had, that was part of what contributed to it. Because, Mm -hmm. like I said, I was doing everything in my power not to make her more upset and she had a shorter fuse than she usually does a very short fuse and 
Rachel nailed it on the head when she said that my baseline emotion was irritable or anger, which is so off base for me. Like the smallest thing would just completely set me off like because my entire world was falling apart for one it was not going in any sort of way that I was hoping it to I was having to fully pack up my new shiny life and go back to the place that I left for a reason Mm -hmm. going back to the house that I lived in in high school that is old and nasty and filled with like men Um, who aren't clean, Um, it was like, why the heck is this happening? The littlest thing would not go my way, and it would be world crashing. It really would. Like, obviously, here's an example. Obviously, no one likes when you go pay for a $5 coffee at Starbucks and it doesn't turn out the way you want it. Like, in a normal world, Rosie would be irritated about that. Yes. Especially since I get coffee every single day. So, it's like, okay, you'll get it tomorrow. Right. But, like, there was this one time that I remember, like, it just, it was like, what should have been like, oh, an annoyance, you know? Things like that would turn into just, like, level seven, eight anger. Oh, yeah. Like, explosion. Like, the drink that I got tasted like crap, and I was so mad. Like, Like, she can't focus on anything else. No, I was seriously so mad. And it was like, great, just another thing that's not going to go my way. Like, self-pity, self-pity, self-pity. Like, that that is a negative tendency of unhealthy fours yeah and that's what I was doing is like okay well my life sucks yeah and another example that happened within this time is that we were trying to watch a movie and for every single reason that this movie should be working perfectly it did not Mm -hmm. like it was a brand new dvd Mm -hmm. in a dvd player Mm -hmm. and it was not working Mm -hmm. at all and it's like how and it just, Why? everything and I just was, set her off. I was so, so angry. And it's like, I think the reason for it is because even the things that I thought that I could control, they were still not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Wait, yeah, that's really insightful. <laughs> like, okay, great. There's a lot of things in life we can't control. But going to Starbucks to make yourself happy, you can control that. Right. Watching a movie with your best friend to make yourself happy, you can control that. Even those things were were not working. Right. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, give me a break, man. Yeah. Yeah, she was very upset about, you know, whatever it was. And me being like, oh my gosh, I have to fix this for her because, like, like, I have to make this better. I just didn't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was part of what happened with our fight is that I was always on edge being like, what's going to happen today that's just going to set her off, you know? And, like, I don't want to be a part of it, you know? Especially because she's not okay with conflict, you know? So, like, I'm, like, a ball of conflict right now because Mm -hmm. my energy is just, like, ugh. Yeah. And she's just, like, I don't know. Yeah, and so I would just, like, start sinking into myself just being, like, okay, just, like, sit still and don't say anything and just let her be mad about it because (laughs) you don't know what to do. And then she would be, like, then she would get mad at me for whatever I wasn't doing and I would be like I don't know what's happening I was like Rosie you're just angry all the time so with that um we would just like to say you know 
stay in the mud with your friends. Yes. Because they need that. Mm-hmm. Um, and please remember to not react when they are, or at least be gracious towards them yes. when they are in a rocky spot. Because oh gosh, yeah. especially Rachel and I, she knew I was not right normal. <laughs> and so did my family. Like, they brought it up to me. They were like, yeah. really, she's not okay. Right. She's not acting like herself. And it's like, no shit. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, sometimes you would be like, I'm fine. I just don't understand what everyone's saying. I need real examples. <laughs> and we're like, Rosie, we don't know how to, like, tell you. It's just... Your baseline is just, you're really irritable right now. And that's fine. But, like, we were just, like, please just recognize that that's happening, you know? Yeah. And then also, like, I remember when I was in this season, um, this part of my season that I'm still in, um, like, I think my brother, like, gave me some sort of, like, um, feedback or like constructive criticism and Mm -hmm. I just immediately like went into my shell and was like I just am terrible like I am making the people around me miserable like great way to go Rosie right way to go right probably not the best time to give someone (laughs) criticism but also that's another example of like me not being able to take it right but we should, we should, you know, just as a disclaimer, she's moved on from that part of the season. She, um, she's not like, her baseline is not angry anymore. She's settled and stuff like that. So this is just a past story, a good example, you know? Right. And the last thing that I want to talk about is like the fours, um, or one of the last things that I want to talk about is the fours, um, basic desire, which is to find their identity and to be significant and to make an impact. And that was my whole goal with going to Disney was, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be doing something big. I'm going to be doing something like no, not many other people have done. Like, how cool am I going to be? Stuff like that. So um, that felt really exciting and cool for me. And I've always wanted to do something that made me feel like significant or different or important or special and I did that (laughs) and it wasn't obviously not what I wanted but that desire hasn't really gone away but I think it's become less loud in Mm -hmm. my head that's a good way to put it of I don't have to do something big like that to make an impact or to be significant Like, I can do that in my own bubble, or I can do that in my own world, instead of doing it outside for everyone else to see and get everyone else's validation. Right. Because something that's really important to fours is getting validation. It's not even like, you have to understand what I'm feeling, I just need you to validate what I'm feeling. Right. That's really important to me, and I think to fours just in general. Yeah, so if you know a four, make sure you're validating, like you're good. You can feel what you need to feel. And I feel like it's kind of a double-edged thing because they need to know that they are enough and that they're not too much. Absolutely. 
100%. I always felt too much growing up. I always felt too loud or too annoying or... Too many feelings. Too many feelings, yeah. too much. Like, I'm just all over the place. And it was just too much for people. And that mm-hmm. was really hindering. And it's like, well, how do I not be all of me? Mm-hmm. So a good example of giving fours validation is like, if you hurt their feelings, just accept and own and validate the fact that you hurt their feelings. Right. Like, don't say, oh, you're just being too sensitive. I don't know what you're talking about. Or that's ridiculous. Like, why are you feeling like that? Like, just own that their feelings have been hurt and apologize. Right. Even if it wasn't your intention. And this is something that we've learned as friends. Because, you know, if you listen to last week's episode... I don't like hurting people at all. And so if if Rosie's feelings are hurt by something I did or didn't do, even if it wasn't my intention, which I probably am not intending to hurt someone, even if it's not your intention, that doesn't matter. That's not the point. Say Just say you're sorry. And that can be really hard. That's really hard for me to say I'm sorry. And I think that, is the pride? that comes in with the pride is that I just did this with Gavin a few weeks ago. Like I did something and then wanted him to apologize. And he was like, you, you did this, this, and this, you did these actions. So no, it's not on me. He was like, I'll apologize for the part that I played, Mm. but like, I'm not apologizing for the whole thing. And so that's just a little tidbit of, you know, just in general, like it takes some humility to just be the one that apologizes And I think that Gavin's really good at that. And I think that Rosie is good at that. I think that you both own, you know, when you did something that hurt someone else. Well, you know, that just goes back to um, what I said at the beginning of this episode, where fours are not going to try to push aside the negative parts of themselves, the contradictions or um, the ugliness. Like, they're going to bring that to the forefront and be like, yeah, that is that is not good like that is ugly like I'm sorry Mm -hmm. because I never want to feel because I know that there's a lot that I need to work on and so when someone um like when I clearly hurt someone's feelings or um misstep or not meet the mark it's like yeah I'm really sorry about that yeah but sometimes like we kind of talked about earlier Rosie has to be careful about talking about how many things she has to work on or how many things she needs to fix with herself because that's just not healthy either you know like yes own when you make mistakes but don't go into the self-pity of everything is always my fault right and that's something that I have struggled with a lot is in you know the past relationships that I did have if we ever got into a fight it was always my fault like I took the blame for everything Mm -hmm. even when I tried to present like where I um where I felt like I needed some validation or um this is what upset me eventually if that wasn't like taken and I just eventually was like yep okay it was all my fault right and like Rachel experienced that just recently with our big fight Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Anyway, we need to start ending this. There's so much more I want to say. I feel like there's so much I left out. Like, This is such a four thing. <laughs> it I is. need to explain like, it all. I just, yeah. you know, I didn't talk about the self-indulgence. I didn't talk about their creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't talk about 
didn't talk very much about the need to create an identity, which is kind of, which is why like part of it is called the individualist and like wanting to be fully their own person and. Well, you know, this wasn't supposed to be like an end all, be all. Up, like we're no. gonna, we talk about our enneagram type in pretty much every episode, y'all. So we yeah. just needed to get the basics, you know, recorded so that we don't have to feel like we need to explain every single time, like what yeah. the type is and stuff like that. So don't worry. You'll, you'll have plenty of opportunities <laughs> to talk about those things. Yeah. But if you do have a four in your life, um, I encourage you to remind them that they're special and mm-hmm. that they're important and that they are significant and that they do have a purpose and that they do have meaning and that they are making an impact whether it be small or for lots of people to see they need Mm -hmm. to be reminded of the things that they are doing is good and are taken notice of yes 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 one thousand percent yes i try to remind rosie that she is so important like she has purpose even when things that she's doing or where she's at in life don't feel like they have purpose I'm like okay but you just being here you just being alive and being a part of my life a part of your family's life a part of Yelena's life like you serve a purpose and it doesn't have to be some big change the world magical Disney castle thing (laughs) Even though that's That's beautiful. But we want it to be, though. You know, like, fours want it to be big, or they think that it has to be big to be impactful and meaningful. Right, but I think that fours being able to just be in the mud, in the weeds, in the pit with people, that's a way bigger impact than, you know, whatever big thing it is that you're dreaming up. Yeah. You know, because that's just so important, and you, you have a gift of being able to do that. Thank you. I also want to remind fours that you are not lacking anything. Right. You are whole the way that you are. And I would definitely need someone to tell me that. And I would also like to say that you're not broken. Mm-hmm. Because fours tend to think that they need to be fixed, that mm-hmm. they have some major flaw, that they're like a porcelain doll with a huge crack. Mm-hmm down the middle like Mm -hmm. that is not you you are not broken you are whole you are well and Mm -hmm. you are good yes love it girl (laughs) (laughs) love your fours well they need it yeah wow this was a good one (laughs) this was a really good one well rosie we love you thank you for all that you bring into the world even though it might feel small to you it's really big and important for other people and You are enough. You're not too much. You're just right. Thanks. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for allowing me to share. I hope that you absorbed some little nuggets of wisdom, whether you are a four or not, or whether you have a four in your life or not. I feel like aspects of fours or any type really can be applied to other people. Um, But yeah, thank you for sharing. This was really overwhelming and I didn't feel like I did a negative job but I hope you liked it and she did a great job she really did I feel like we both felt that way at the end of recording Mm -hmm. um but when you go back and listen to it you'll be like yeah I hit we hit a lot of good points so thank you guys being self-critical exactly don't be so critical it was great and like I said 
trust me, y'all y'all will definitely be hearing more about the Enneagram. We literally can't have one conversation without it these days. Mm-hmm. It's just, it'd be like that sometimes, okay? So, yeah, that's what we gotta say. Okay, we're freezing because now it's nighttime and it's really cold. Yep, so we gotta go. We gotta go. Got a blast. All right, um, thank you for listening and we, we hope to see you on the next one. Bye! Bye.